coming up on Stu Does America. It's finally here. Power Hour Night has arrived. After a year of dreading it, I'll have more details on that a bit with uh, Sarah Gonzalez from Blaze TV as she steps in and here to preview the madness to come. And Elon Musk continues to play around with international markets the way Dark Helmet plays with his Lone Star and Princess Vespa dolls. Mmm, that's a Spaceballs reference for you. I know you appreciate it. I'll give you all of the details on the meteoric rise of Dogecoin. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight and happy Friday. Why not celebrate by heading over to my Instagram page at Stu Does America and give me a follow. If you follow the link in the bio, you'll be able to stream and share this stupid show anywhere you want. And it's finally the night we've all been waiting for the 250th episode anniversary. Stu Does America Power Hour. I'll be joined by Chad Prather, Jason Buttrell, and Spencer Corson to take a shot of beer every minute for an entire hour and attempt to talk news and politics coherently. Once again, Sarah Gonzalez will step in to keep us all in line. May God have mercy on her soul. So immediately after this program, 9 p.m. Eastern, don't miss it. Head on over to youtube.com slash America. Subscribe to the channel and prepare yourself for all of the insanity. We'll see you then. The founder of Black Lives Matter has stirred up controversy with some pretty intense property purchases. Kind of strange thing to do for a socialist. I thought socialists shared with each other. Let's see who's actually sticking to their values as we do affluent Marxists. Stu does America. Ah, it's a big night. Stu does Power Hour tonight, right after the show. Make sure you don't miss it. Uh, 9 p.m. Eastern on Stu Does America YouTube channel. Uh, check it out. Uh, of course, go there. You can go to my Instagram page and uh, click link in the bio. Has all the details as to what you might need to get there. But you got to subscribe and check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun tonight. I feel like we all need this right now. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I mean, maybe I just want to drink on television. It's possible. I'm not going to rule that out. But I will say there is a little bit of something going on where it's been a long year. We're starting to come out of this. You know, we're starting to open up. We're starting to be able to get back together again. And it's nice to be able to just kind of hang out and have a few pops and sit back and talk about politics and and screw around and watch us slowly get more and more incoherent. I think you're going to have a fun time with us. And I enjoy I, I, I implore you uh, safety first, of course. But when you're home, if you're having a couple drinks tonight, uh, maybe uh, you got a bunch of people over. This is a great time. Pop on the YouTube channel. Drink along with us. And send us pictures and videos to Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or wherever you want. I don't know how you do all that stuff. Whatever you do. What are the normal things people do these days? I don't understand any of it. You just do it, and then we'll have fun with it later on. Um, Okay, so let's get into tonight's program. I like to call it Lifestyles of the Affluent Marxists. Lifestyles of the Rich and Marxist. That's where we are right now. Robin Leach would be proud to be out here because I think that show back in the 80s, you know, it had an air of capitalism to it. And that's evil. We all know that. We all know people who come out and preach constantly to us about how income inequality is a big deal and how black lives surely matter. Of course they do. All of these things are constantly preached to us. And does anyone practice what they preach anymore? Is that even a thing? You know, let's go through some of the classics. I mean, first of all, Bernie Sanders. We know Bernie Sanders, obviously. Now, look, is it the best house in the world? Eh, Not really. But 
$575,000 house in Vermont. Uh, and look, all democratic socialists deserve a nice vacation home. We all know that's the truth. Uh, then you have, of course, Barack Obama. He's stepping it up. He won the election. He didn't lose twice. So uh, Barack Obama has got... <laughs> an $11.75 million home on Martha's Vineyard. That is freaking sweet. I gotta say, you know, uh, don't like the Obamas, do like their home. Pretty nice, pretty nice. Um, George Clooney has got an Italian villa, uh, estimated at $100 million. Holy crap, that is incredible. I mean, Clooney is a liberal, but he's not a socialist. I think, I mean, the guy, for, for a socialist, he sold a lot of really expensive tequila. So I, I wouldn't count him as a socialist, but uh, he's certainly a leftist. Uh, Alec Baldwin has a nice place in the Hamptons, as you might imagine. A, a, of course, renovated 18th century farmhouse, which is fantastic. Although that pool, I will tell you, not from the 18th century. Uh, Lady Gaga has a place in Malibu. Now, of course, climate change is incredibly important, but why not have a wonderful mansion in Malibu? There it is, 22.5 million dollars. How did she get all that money? Was she born that way? Of course, the answer to that is no. It was capitalism. That's the way this usually works. Uh, Bette Midler. You know, Bette Midler is an interesting one because I can't quite detect talent. I mean, she did Beaches, right? Wasn't that her? You know, the stupid song. I, I don't really see it. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, Ben Midler's a genius. You know, one of the interesting things about social media is there's, it's, a, it's an interesting window. You know how much I hate it. But if there's an interesting window into people who you may have had a different impression on. I feel like Bette Midler, if she's known for like artistic movies and some, uh, you know, some stupid songs, people might think she's smart. And then she goes on Twitter and everyone knows, nope, definitely not. Uh, how about um, Kathy Griffin? She's got a Beverly Hills mansion. Did you know that? I did not know that. Estimated value, $14 million. What the hell has Kathy Griffin done to have a $14 million home? I, I'm fascinated by that. I want to know the answer to that question at some point in my life. Has she done something of value? I don't know. Maybe I just missed it. I may have missed an entire decade or all of the things she's ever done. I don't, I, I don't know. How about Carrot Top? Now, Carrot Top isn't exactly a socialist. In fact, Carrot Top, uh, $4.9 million. He's probably the only one on the list that really deserves it. The guy works his ass off and he's at the gym like 24 hours a day. So I'll give him that. And I think the biggest celebrity with the most wonderful, fabulous home who deserves it more than anyone else is, of course, Patrice Cullors. An L.A. mansion. Oh, look at that. Now it doesn't look like the biggest house. Maybe not as big as Clooney's. But it is going to run $1.4 million. That can't be the house, is it? $1.4 million for that thing? I mean, I know it's a... Uh... Now, she, here's the thing with her. She's got multiple houses. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, she's in the Topanga neighborhood of Los Angeles, California. And, you know, people have been pointing out... Is there a bit of hypocrisy here? Now, I, I know it's difficult. It's hard for people to detect, but is there a tad, the slightest bit of hypocrisy involved with this particular person? Person who is uh, the, one of the founders of Black Lives Matter, famously a trained Marxist, and yet has a $1.4 million home. How exactly does that work? Jason Whitlock had that question. He asked it on Twitter. 
He said Black Lives Matter, $1.4 million home in Topanga, which has a black population of 1.4%. She's with her people. That got him in, put into Twitter jail. <laughs> he was freed from Twitter jail, uh, thankfully. There's, an, uh, there's a happy uh, ending to that story. By the way, he also went on to tweet. I, this is, we don't have this tweet, tweet, but let me just read it to you. Do you even comprehend my take? This is from Jason Whitlock. She had a, lo a lot of options where to live. She chose one of the whitest places in California. She'll have her pick of white cops and white people to complain about. That's a choice, bro. It certainly is. And that's going to be all of our future. Aren't you, aren't you ready for that controversy in her $1.4 million house when she's complaining about her white neighbors doing something white or where the white cops were driving their white police cars and pulling her over for something that she definitely didn't do. She was only uh, driving while black. So get used to that controversy. That's coming up. Ben Shapiro also tried to, uh, to put this story up, I think, on Facebook. And what happened to it? Well, we have the, we have the picture of it right here. Uh, well, he's got his comment still there. But you'll notice it says at the bottom... You can't share this link because the link goes against our community standards. A link to a news story goes against community standards. What is going on? Why are all these tech companies censoring this information? It doesn't make any sense to me. They kind of came up with this excuse. Well, we don't want people knowing uh, where uh, she lives. And if you're giving away personal residence, it's like doxing. Well, first of all, that policy is not exactly, uh, doesn't seem to be real in any way. Certainly not at least uh, implemented fairly. Uh, there was an entire story in the Chicago Tribune that I saw, for example, that said, hey, here's Amy Coney Barrett's new house. I mean, like this is a, a relatively common, though ugly part of journalism, I think. I'm not a, not a fan of it really uh, anyway when it comes to revealing someone's exact location, though I don't think this does. It gives the neighborhood, but that's about it. Um, pretty, pretty amazing here. Um, and the New York Post kind of covered this as well. Now, the New York Post has famously also been banned previously for stories that wound up being true. But here they are again trying to do that journalism thing. And I got to say, a great freaking headline. I'm not a huge fan of the New York headline battles all the time. They're OK. But Black Lives Manners is pretty damn good because they've got pictures of four of her homes there. Uh, hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. Aren't they beautiful? Why on earth would this happen? Why on earth would the founder of Black Lives Matter, uh, Matter have Black Lives Banners? I don't understand it. Um, here's the thing. She is uh, supposedly a socialist and she has four houses. How much cash is she pulling out of this scam? <laughs> I gotta know. This is incredible. She's, I mean, like two weeks ago, she was a socialist, like, community organizer, and now she has four houses? I started with the Glenn Beck program in, like, 1998. We've been nationally syndicated on the radio since 2001. Uh, we've been doing radio shows, TV shows. I've got two decades in this stupid industry. My wife also had uh, in, in, worked in some of the biggest markets in America, New York, Philly, uh, she she had a nationally syndicated radio show herself. I bought Bitcoin in 2014. I bought Dogecoin three weeks ago. I should be the wealthiest man in the universe. And you know what? I got one house. How does she have four houses? She was like community organizing like in, in like April of 2020. And now she's all of a sudden 
wealthy enough to have four different houses. I'm fascinated by just that, frankly. That's, uh, that's enough to bring me joy on this particular evening. I want to, go, though, go further. Because this, we talked about this a little bit on the news and why it matters. It's worth going back and watching. Because this clip is quite possibly, it's the chef's kiss. It is the ultimate entree, if you happen to be an aficionado of pathetic left-wing spin. This, this particular clip goes so far above and beyond. This is a pretty good question here by Mark Lamont Hill, who I don't necessarily agree with on anything, but he's like, hey, you, four houses from a socialist? How exactly does that work? Watch. Also a critique, though, from the left that would say, um, if you are a trained Marxist, if we're talking about a certain kind of radical politic, mm-hmm. that extravagant homes of any sort or multiple properties of any sort is itself contradictory to the ideology that you hold. And so yeah. it's not about having money per se, mm-hmm. but that it's about uh, or about property per se. But it's about there being a potential contradiction between your express politics and your lived practice. Right. Sure. And I think that is a critique that is um, wanting. And okay. I say that because, because. Um, the, the, the way that I live my life is in direct support to black people, including oh. my black family members, oh. uh, first and foremost. And uh, for so many black folks who are able to invest um, in themselves and their community. Okay. They choose to invest in their family. Oh. And that's what I've chosen to do. Um, I have a child. I have a brother that has severe mental illness that I take care of. Um, I support my mother. Um, Amazing. And I support many other family members of mine. And so I see um, uh, my money as not my own. I see it as um, my family's money as well. Oh, that's the distinction this whole time. The whole time is you thought when people who were white that made money, they just spent it solely on themselves and not on their families. That's what this whole disagreement was about. You're going to be shocked to hear that white people also let their families live in their homes. It's incredible. Yes, the children and the and sometimes other family members live in homes owned by evil, rich white people. You know, it's like she's she's basically describing the situation of the Winklevoss family. <laughs> I mean, this is incredible. Of it's OK. She's supporting the black community because she's putting her family up in expensive houses. This is, I love it. It's perfect. It's the perfect recipe. It's at the perfect temperature. It's in the perfect room. The perfect dining experience for hypocrisy. I love it. Every freaking little bit of it. That is a masterclass, ladies and gentlemen. Sit back and just admire it as it airs on the, uh, I don't know if you might have missed it, on the Black News Channel. Uh, Because I know myself, I like to get all of my information divided by skin color. I wouldn't want a black person to tell me the news um, because I'm white. So I want to go to only white people to find the news. And I think black people should only go to black people to find out the news because that's the way to bring the country together. Divide by skin color to unite as a nation. That's that's the uh, Black Lives Matter guarantee. Here is a, I mean, this is an incredible thing. And you know, it's not, it's funny because it doesn't only go against her socialist credentials. Wait a minute, she's a cap, she, 
clearly a capitalist. She's taking in all sorts of cash and she's doing what capitalists do with it. Buy a bunch of real estate all over the place. <laughs> I mean, that is absolutely fascinating. But it also kind of goes against, uh, uh, against the Black Lives Matter part of it as well. I mean, uh, seriously, if you were a Black Lives activist, what would motivate you? I mean this honestly, to move to an area with 1.4% black people. Why? I mean, I know I don't care what the makeup of the races are around me. I don't make selections based on this. I am doing a show right now in a studio in a city that has the most diverse population in America. Irving, Texas, you can look it up, the most diverse uh, population in America. It's like 25% white, 25% black, 25% Hispanic, and I think 25% Asian. It's like the legitimately like almost right on a quarter, a quarter, a quarter, a quarter. I don't care. That's a, you know, I don't I didn't choose it because it was diverse, but I didn't avoid it because it was diverse either. You just go where you go. If you like the area, you like the area. You don't pick it by skin color. And that is the most important part of this. You know, if you are continually telling everyone that every single issue is based on race, then is your home, is your real estate selection based on race? Is that the one thing that you couldn't bring race into? You were like, you know what? Every single issue in the world is based on race, but I'm going to go move into the whitest area in America. The hypocrisy is overwhelming. But it's exactly what you should expect when you really analyze her statement. What she's saying is totally fine for everybody. I mean, yeah, I've got some money and I'm spending it on my family. Like that is totally a normal American thing to do. But it's also, in some ways, a normal socialist thing to do. Because what she's saying is, I, of I'm shocked you'd even ask, why would you ask me a question like that? Sure, I'm a socialist, but I'm at the top. I'm at the top. I get to do whatever I want. Of course, I'm me. You're you. You are the, the little people get to do whatever the little people do. That's how it works in socialism, okay? We get the nice highways to ourselves. We get all the fancy houses. Those other people, though, equality for all at the very poorest levels. That's how it works. In a way, she's being consistent as a socialist. It's just incredibly revealing what a socialist actually looks like. If you're trying to stay fit and healthy like I am, you've probably discovered, uh, you know, as I have, it can be really difficult. Uh, it's not difficult for my wife, though. My wife has no problem with this. I don't understand it. You know, we go out to the same restaurants. We're together. I don't understand why she doesn't get the nine appetizers and the four desserts and the three entrees. She just seems to get like a salad and a meal and it's like over. I don't get it. Uh, part, probably, though, she's been filling up on good things during the day, like Bilt Bars. I will tell you that our entire fridge is filled with Bilt Bars. She's, now, this is long before we've been talking about them on the air. Years and years ago, my wife discovered Bilt Bars. She has a shelf in the fridge that is completely filled with uh, Bilt Bars, all sorts of different flavors. She's got the puffs. If you like um, Charleston Chews, like our marshmallows, you might like the, the puffs they have. They have wafers now. They have all sorts of great flavors. And the best part is super light, uh, low calorie, high protein, and uh, everybody loves them. I mean, I, I've never seen people react to a protein bar like this because it doesn't taste like a protein bar. Built Bar does taste first. 
make sure the taste is right, and then make sure after that that they are healthy and everything else. BuiltBar.com, go to the promo code uh, STU15, S-T-U-1-5, STU15. Uh, it's going to save 15% off your next order. Use the promo code STU15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. It's BuiltBar.com, promo code STU15. Welcome back to the program, Sarah Gonzalez, host of the news and why it matters right here on Blaze TV and Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered on YouTube. Make sure you get your uh, subscription uh, over there on her channel. Uh, she'll be hosting tonight's Power Hour as well, which is just, I mean, I'm sure she's regretting it already. Uh, but I thought we'd bring her in and uh, make some predictions on what type of an insanity we're going to see tonight. What do, what do you think? Oh, <laughs> I mean, I think there's absolutely zero chance that Chad Prather does not, like, he's going to throw up again. Yeah, this there's happened last 0 time. Zero percent This is not a joke. No. And here's a guy who's running for governor. <laughs> Okay, but in his defense, because I have heard his explanation, and mm -hmm. it does make a lot of sense. He's just not used to the carbonation and the liquid. <laughs> and because right, I've, right. I've seen Chad knock he, a few he back. He can drink. He can drink. He was, not, he was not at all, like, you couldn't tell that he was super hammered. Mm -hmm. It was just the liquid needed a place to go. <laughs> And it he found not, it. It did not go down. No, he found it. Well, we've got a nice uh, so a special surprise for Chad tonight. I think he's really going to like it, just in case he gets a little sick again. Uh, we'll give you that on the Power Hour. Don't forget, by the way, go to uh, Stu Does America's YouTube uh, channel, youtube.com slash Stu Does America. I guess you can go there. Or you can go to my, I know if you go to my Instagram page, it's linked in the bio there. Uh, you can check it out. Uh, it's 9 p.m. Eastern. Don't miss it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so, Sarah, uh, <laughs> let me go to something else because I thought saw this today and I was uh, today earlier. And I was like, we have to have Sarah on to talk about this particular clip because it is from our friend right here, Chris Cuomo. Chris Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo is awful. Chris he's, Cuomo is worse. He's a term friend very loosely. Very loosely, very okay. loosely. I use it in the same way I kind of use human being. <laughs> like he, he's a human being. Very I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, I'm not exactly. No. Right. Um, let me uh, give you this clip. This is uh, Chris Cuomo just chastising evil Republicans like Rand Paul and Ted Cruz. Watch. It is baffling when you have people like Senator Ted Cruz joining Rand Paul and ditching his mask as they walk the halls of Congress. <gasps> Cruz explains at this point, I've been vaccinated. Everybody working in the Senate has been vaccinated. No, not your staff. Not a oh. lot of people in the media. Mm. They haven't gotten it. And the current CDC guideline states very clearly that if you're vaccinated, you got to still keep taking precautions like wearing a mask. You can still get sick. You won't be as sick, but you could give it to somebody else. So he's not just wrong, but he's doing it for the wrong reason. And he knows experts are still learning how vaccines affect COVID spread. The only way to keep the number down is to listen to science. They all know it. They're just playing politics and people are dying. We now have a president, though, who believes in science. Oh, oh. I, could there be a more annoying clip on so many different levels, Sarah? I mean, it, you know what? It's hard because there are some other CNN hosts that it yeah. would be a tough call. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to go with no. no. There's not a more annoying. He is so, oh my, holier than thou when really he's not. If you look at his past history mm -hmm. before there was even a vaccine, it, it's just this man walked around with no masks. He was like getting into fights on his bike. Yeah. Right. At when he had the virus and was supposed to be quarantined? Yeah. Am I, am I misremembering this? No, Did this, this actually, all happened. This actually happened, right? Definitely happened. Okay. Uh, Pictures were taken. Yeah. Video was taken. He was like the, you know, the, the New York tough guy yeah. who like got mad that people were filming him. Yes. None of this happened when there was actually a vaccine available. Right. Now that there's a vaccine available, he wants to come out. 
Uh, and I mean, I guess, you know, he really, really, really should not be talking, especially with the way that he handled his brother. And right. the COVID. Like, I just feel like uh. Chris Cuomo should just have a, a general rule for his show. Just don't talk about COVID. Yeah, right. Like, I think that's a legitimate <laughs> just, path for him right just now. Just don't talk don't about Don't talk about COVID. Don't talk about sexual assault. <laughs> this, those two things are just off the limit. Yeah. Off limits for you. He's already said his brother's off limits because now he's having uh, a lot of bad press. Conveniently. So he can't talk now, about him anymore now. Conveniently, now it's a conflict of interest. So a couple of other things I noticed about this video. Number one, like, think about the concept of what he's saying. Right. Uh, Ted Cruz, Rand Paul are already vaccinated. Yeah. They're walking around without masks, but... Other people around them might not be vaccinated. Is Chris Cuomo not doing a show without a mask on right there? <laughs> like, is he doing a show in a studio in a building where surely not everyone is vaccinated, yet he's doing his job without a mask on right in front of us? It, it's, it is incredible. It's incredible to watch the hypocrisy <laughs> on full display. And I, the, the funny thing is, is he really truly not aware of it? Is he that just he has no self-awareness whatsoever? So he really doesn't understand how hypocritical he's being or he knows and he's just so arrogant. He doesn't care. This is a great question. It's hard to know. It, that's a great question because I, I'd like to believe he doesn't care. I'd like to believe he knows. He just knows no one's going to call him out on it. Yeah. Therefore, he feels like he can get away with it. I think that's it only because of the family. Andrew yeah. Cuomo is the same way. He knows he's lying all the time, says it dead straight to the camera, doesn't matter. Mario Cuomo was the same way. I think with that legacy, you know, this was <laughs> passed down through the generations of the Cuomo family. But I mean, like, like I want to focus on the last part of this a little bit. Okay. We now have a president that believes in science. Cruz mm. and, and, and Paul, they know, they know, they know what the answer is. Just follow the science. This is a man who was literally taking spices and bleach baths. Bleach bath, yeah. And, and legitimately, his wife was writing columns about his treatment, about how they were timing it to where the moon was. <laughs> and he's telling us to follow the freaking science, Sarah. It's incredible. <laughs> I can't. It's just, I mean, you really get to the point where you're like, I can't even make this up. No. This, it just, it, you could not even parody this. You it, really can't. It's so ridiculous. And, and like, this is the thing. We're like, what are, what's the messaging here? Like what we, we talked about this on News and Why It Matters with Anthony Fauci. He had this, this, this he was being questioned. And, you know, we've gone back and forth and played on, on Anthony Fauci a lot. My big answer on Anthony Fauci is just don't listen to him. He has no power unless we give him power. Uh, and, and, and I think Texas has kind of shown that. But like he is the most prominent guy in the country on COVID. Yeah, unfortunately, he has been elevated to the position uh, that everyone just kind of yeah. says we should listen to everything he has to say on the matter. And he's constantly on TV, even though we, the clip we played was a congressional hearing. But he's mm -hmm. constantly on TV doing interviews, giving advice and seemingly describing a country where zero cases of COVID is the only time we go back to normal. It's, it's the only thing that I can possibly uh, come to the conclusion of when he says things like he's asked, when can we stop doing this? And he's like, well, when it's low enough that it's not a threat. Well, what is that number? Well, I mean, I, it's just it just needs to be low. OK, if we're waiting for zero, just tell us now, right? because we're never going to get there. Because then we can safely disregard everything you're saying, <laughs> right. right? Because which I kind of did a long well, time a long ago. Time. Yeah, yeah, not, and that makes sense, right? Yeah. There's never going to be a time where there's no risk. I don't think, especially considering the fact that we have a globe 
where this has been all over the place. I mean, like, how many cases have been in freaking India? Right. Like, we know there's way more than they've told us about India and Indonesia and all these countries. Like, travel is going to continue. There's always going to be some level of this for the foreseeable future. The point is, can you lower the risk to a point where it's, you know, it's it's like the flu or it's like just some normal thing, some normal risk we deal with. And like, if you can't describe that, that's a real problem. I mean, that is just, it, you know, it, there's, it makes sense that people think that this guy's just out for control. Well, yeah, and I mean, I, have you ever, uh, like, can you think of a time where they have botched a vaccination campaign so mm. badly because they're telling everyone, get vaccinated, get vaccinated if you want to get back to real life. Yeah. And then they're constantly backtracking on that and saying, well, no, never mind. Well, wait, you might need a third dose. <laughs> right. Well, wait, you, <laughs> right. I mean, you, even though you get vaccinated, you can't take off your mask. Yeah. Like, do you want people to get vaccinated or not? Because it sounds a whole lot like they don't even want people to get vaccinated. It's so bizarre. And that's the part that pisses me off the yeah. most. Because I don't, we don't exactly agree right. on all the, the details around the vaccine. But it's like, if you want people to take it, the sell is kind of what Israel did, right? Which yeah. is like, hey, guess what? Get the vaccine and you'll never hear from us again. Like, that's, I, that's what they should be doing. They should be putting ads out there to say, get the vaccine and you never have to hear Anthony Fauci speak ever again. I mean, I, you I might, might get consider it. it. <laughs> It, that that is something I'm willing to think about right there. What if if we were to say, Sarah Gonzalez, you get the vaccine, Golly, and Anthony Fauci goes home to his re- retires in some quiet Vermont community or something upstate New York maybe, and he never. The only condition is he never gets to speak on television ever again, and you have to get the vaccine. Does this happen? I might have to take one for the team. <laughs> I mean, of course, first I would crowdsource and do a GoFundMe so that people could contribute to right. uh, you know, yes. my cause. Right, of course, of and course. And then I could make a little bit of money off of it. And, and then, then I'm, I think I'm taking the vaccine and taking one for the team. And then like Black Lives Matter founder, you'd go get four or five houses. Yeah, of course, and load absolutely. Up, just to but help I'm your not family. a trained Marxist. You're not a trained so Marxist, so you don't know how I'm to buy I'm a trained capitalist, so it's fine. Well, you are a trained designated driver as well. <laughs> yes, You've done this before. <laughs> Today, I feel a little concerned because we called you the designated driver and you're already, I keep hearing rumors of wine, which has nothing to do with this event. You're just drinking on the job. We're, we're yes. doing work. You're just drinking on the job. Yes, okay. that's correct. Uh, this is uh, the Power Hour. Sarah's going to be hosting it. Chad Prather's there. Jason Buttrell's there. Spencer Corson's there. It's probably going to be a mess, frankly. Which is uh, why they want to watch. Right. I think that's why it gets fun, because yeah. we're making idiots of ourselves for your entertainment, for you. And I feel like with all the crap that's gone on the last year, this is what we need. It. More lots of and it, lots really. of drinks, lots yeah. of lots of idiocy. And uh, I mean, I will say the last one was really fun. It was. With the exception of Chad. That, no, that was still fun. That was very fun. <laughs> it was fun to watch, but I did feel bad for his belly. <laughs> no, he felt much better afterwards, I'm sure. He does. That's true. It, it, it's an amazing human reaction uh, to poison. Uh, thank you so much, Sarah Gonzalez. Uh, make sure to join us 9 p.m. Eastern. It's right after the show. Don't miss it. Go to the YouTube channel, YouTube slash Stu Does America. Uh, you can check out, uh, subscribe there. Also, don't forget to subscribe to uh, uh, Sarah Gonzalez as well. Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered is on YouTube, as well as the Blaze uh, TV's News and Why It Matters. You can always get a subscription as well. BlazeTV.com slash Stu, the promo code. Thankfully, is Stu. And that's going to get you uh, 10 bucks off your subscription. And that's how they know you like this stupid show. Uh, Sarah, thank you for doing this. And, I, and may God have mercy on your soul. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. All right, back in a second. Hold on one second. Just checking my Dogecoin. 
Just checking my Dogecoin results. No big deal. No big deal. It's just taking over the world. Dogecoin is apparently the biggest thing we've ever seen. Do we have the Elon Musk tweet? You know, back, I think, I don't know, a few months ago, he tweeted a picture of a sandstorm taking over a town, and it said the Dogecoin standard was coming to take over the global financial system. And he retweeted it today, or replied to it today, with uh, just a couple of eyeballs, just checking it out. Seems like it might just be happening. If you are as confused as most Americans are about what on earth Dogecoin is and why they're hearing about it, you're actually not that out of step with like most crypto experts. There's no reason for Dogecoin to be this big thing right now, other than the fact that Elon Musk seems to be tweeting about it. To give you a brief little history of this, Dogecoin started a while ago, like a long time ago. I mean, if you've followed crypto at all, you may be aware of it. It basically was started uh, as a joke, kind of in a way to kind of parody crypto in a way. Um, it was uh, it has the Doge doggy on there. Um, and uh, it was like a meme cryptocurrency, like basically anyone could start a cryptocurrency. Uh, and it was kind of just put out there as a joke, but it sort of hung around to the point where people would occasionally mention it. Uh, people would trade and have fun with it, but it was never a big thing. Um, in fact, the only time it ever got over one cent per coin was in the 2017 bubble. It briefly cleared one cent and then came back down and was under one cent for a very, very long time. In fact, just a few months ago, you could have purchased it for 0.2 cents per coin. And, you know, look, it's I'm not going to get into all the cryptocurrency thing, but there's a couple different things that go along with cryptocurrency. One of the arguments for Bitcoin, for example, is there are only a maximum of 21 million Bitcoins that can ever be produced. The reason that's important, of course, if you happen to be worried about inflation, um, they can't inflate the currency, right? There's 21 million. There will always be 21 million. And I will say already they believe about a quarter of them are just lost forever. So there's going to be less than 21 million because people have lost them. So that's why there's a bet kind of on the future that the price will go up because they can't make new ones after a certain point. Um, Dogecoin is not like that. Every minute, 10,000 new Dogecoins get produced. Every minute. Uh, there are over 100 billion, not, you know, uh, Bitcoins, 21 million Bitcoins. There's like, I think something like 18 million right now, but there's going to be eventually 21 million and that's the max. Dogecoin, there's already over 100 billion of them. So they're a very little value and they were just a joke. They were this thing kind of hanging around. In fact, you know, one of the things that crypto does is there's usually like the community comes together and does updates, improvements, uh, things here and there that can help the currency along. My understanding, and I, you know, I don't get all into the technicality uh, uh, of, of all of this stuff, but uh, they hadn't really done a major update since like 2015. So this thing is sat, it's basically a dormant joke, okay? Elon Musk comes out, he tweets about it, kind of goes up a little bit, and now it's having like a GameStop moment. To right now, we, you know, as I look at it at this very moment as I'm taping, it's at 35 cents. Remember, it, even in the bubble years, quote unquote, of 2017, it just barely inched over a cent. It almost got to 50 cents earlier today. To give you some bonkers idea of what that would mean, uh, it, you know, let's see, in the last three months, Dogecoin is up 3,572% right now. 3,572%. This is like the new GameStop uh, thing. And, and the, so there's pluses, pluses and minuses here. 
first of all, if you got into Dogecoin, if you had some Dogecoin laying around, and this is going to be one of those things that tons of people had it on old computers from like a million years ago and never thought it would turn into anything, and they're all searching for it right now. Uh, but, you know, you could turn, you're talking about hundreds of times, uh, you know, uh, over 100x at this point. Huge, huge, massive gains. Um, and on the other hand, you know, so that's good. If, 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 if that's you, first of all, obviously it's positive. Another interesting part of cryptocurrency generally is the idea that there is a, an, an entire new class of very young, very rich people who are very ideological. And a large part of that ideology is a distrust of the government, a, a sort of skepticism towards the government. Uh, an idea that maybe we want a smaller government. Maybe we don't want a central source to make all of our decisions for us. Over a long time, a lot of people entering that sort of investor class and the, you know people who can uh, put money behind campaigns and all these other things, this could be a really good thing uh, in, the, in, the, in the future. Now, of course, we never have good things, so maybe not. Uh, but I, I think that's a real positive. The other side of this, Dogecoin in particular, is the idea that like this really is a joke. And Elon, can you sustain a currency based on Elon Musk's tweets? It's a fun little ride. Everyone's having a little bit of fun gambling on it right now. But at some point, it probably comes crashing down. And you wonder if it's going to bring so much attention to these kind of you know, bottom-feeding cryptocurrencies that uh, new regulations come in, all sorts of attention that's unwanted for the crypto that's actually working. If you don't care about this stuff... That's totally fine. You don't have to. Though I will say, I got more emails, more texts from people. You know, I've been, I've talked to you about Bitcoin before. I started buying it in 2014. Um, so I've been doing this for, you know, quite a while. So people know uh, that I, uh, you know, I like crypto here and there. Um, but I never had more texts and messages and everything else from people trying to figure out how do I buy Dogecoin? I mean, go on Robinhood. I don't know. You could go to a bunch of... There's a few apps that do it. Coinbase doesn't even sell it. I mean, it was just... I mean, it's a joke. It was literally started as a joke. And now, it's making people millions. There's one uh, person, one wallet, one crypto wallet, that contains apparently 25% of all the Dogecoins in the world. Now worth billions and billions and billions of dollars. No one knows who has it. There's, of course, speculation. It is Elon Musk. Who knows if that's true? But the worst part of the story is the guy who started the joke, the guy who started Dogecoin years ago, sold all of them. He's like, that's a joke. And I started this thing. It was kind of funny for a while, but I, I, I need to buy a car or something. He sold all of the Dogecoin that he has, has nothing left, or at least didn't uh, very recently. And now he could be, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in the, <laughs> in the black. Eh, kind of a sad story, but not for you if you bought Dogecoin a couple weeks ago. Back in a second. Now, there are crazy ways to try to make money. I want the cryptocurrency with a dog on it. You know, that's a little bit. It's not necessarily a, a lasting thing. But the stock market's been around for a while. and People are making real dollars on it. Now, could the stock market be on the verge of historic gains? Yes, according to Carnivore Trading, who has spotted several key indicators. The biggest profits will come from sectors that Wall Street experts may very well miss. Carnivore Trading is an elite squad of strategists who influence major 
Wall Street investors. And when you subscribe to Carnivore Trading, you're going to receive real-time text alerts of explosive trades they're making when they make them. So basically, you get a text in the middle of the day. We're buying this stock. Here's how much we're putting into it. You can mirror that trade if you want and put it with your discount broker if you're on Robinhood or whatever. Um, uh, or you could pass. You don't have to listen to them, but they're going to tell you exactly what they're doing when they're doing it. Uh, and considering their performance, you're going to want to probably mirror these trades. They guarantee, by the way, you're going to earn five times your monthly subscription or double your money back. You've got to be a pretty serious investor to be able to understand all these things in, re in the real world. But Carnivore Trading can make it easy for you. Uh, and it's five times your monthly fee just by mirroring their trades. You got to get all the details on that. The market looks to be on the verge of a massive upswing. You can get the uh, carnivore advice right now, and you can do it for free for two weeks. So you might as well check it out. Visit getourtrades.com. Use the promo code Stu. Getourtrades.com. Promo code is Stu. You got to see the website for guaranteed terms and conditions. Past performance is not a guarantee of future earnings, but you probably already knew that. There was a time this would be the biggest story, I think, and we would lead it for like a month. But uh, let's just, just read it to you. Uh, see, uh, the Defense Department has confirmed that leaked photos and video of unexplained aerial phenomenon taken in 2019 are indeed legitimate images of unexplained objects. Holy crap. Let me give you the video here. Uh, if you're uh, on podcast, I will describe it. Very grainy video, kind of greenish. Uh, you see some weird lighting thing coming in. They, they zoom in. Looks like a Dorito. There's a Dorito in the sky. There's three Doritos in the sky, and then it goes off screen. I, I don't really understand why we never have good footage of these sort of phenomena. It's always grainy. It's always out of the corner of the camera. Uh, but they do look like flying Doritos. And I will say, if we're going to get invaded by something, it should be Doritos. That would be fantastic. I love Doritos. So, I mean, I think maybe that, I don't know. Isn't it weird, though, that this isn't a big story? Isn't it weird that like these things get out? They're just like little kicker stories at the end of the news. I mean, I, they're, the, the department, the Defense Department has confirmed that the footage you just saw or heard me describe is indeed legitimate images of unexplained objects. That should be kind of a big deal. No, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Back in a second. We are only seconds away from the 250th anniversary Power Hour right here on uh, Blaze TV and on YouTube. Make sure to go to youtube.com slash America to watch. Let me give you a taste from the last one. Really? How is that possible? That was like eight seconds. That was not a minute. <laughs> it, was, it was a full minute. So. That was a literal, like, a long sip. That wasn't even a shot. It was... <laughs> I actually drink that. Mm. I actually, I don't, I don't think I would want to drink seven beers in seven. We're not even halfway there, fools. Oh I gotta start God. spiking these. these I just, God, I gotta say. Oh wow, that is. I'm a whiskey impressive. drinker, but dang. I mean, There's a whiskey a, beer mix. That's like that's like when you're, hour. you know, those old uh, man versus food shows yes. where they would eat all that stuff and the guys eating all these these potatoes and mm -hmm. stuff, and he would say, "I need some ice cream, something to cut." The yeah. potato flavored, that's what Bill's doing. Oh, really? He's exactly. a smart man. Didn't you see my cousin? He used to win the Nathan's Hot Dog thing for years. <laughs> Which has got to be the most disgusting thing. Till that Joey oh. Chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's going to be a mess. i got to be honest with you. It's going to be a lot of fun, though. One shot of beer every minute for an hour as we try to talk politics and issues. It kind of gets out of control, to be honest with you, at times. Uh, but it's a... 
It's a lot of fun, and we want you to join along. Uh, safety first, but join along with us. Have a, you know, maybe have a drink or two, uh, and and do. Some, if you can do the shot thing with us, send us footage, by the way, to all of our social media accounts so we can repost them. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. I will say, during this last power hour, we had this little ding every time there'd be a minute, so we knew we had to take another shot of beer. The thing they put together for the one-minute warning is going to haunt your dreams for the rest of your life. I, I promise you. The rest of your lives will be haunted by what you hear every minute on this next Power Hour. Go there now. Stu Does America on YouTube. Search for it. Go to YouTube.com slash Stu Does America. Just get there any way you can. It's going to be a lot of fun. See you there.